what we're doing now is just not what I thought we would ever be doing. And mm-hmm. you really have to just kind of go into it thinking this is what's best for the community and this is what's best for dance music. Hey guys, welcome back to Rave Culture Cast, your weekly guide to the EDM community, music festivals, and more. I am your host, Emma Capotis. What is up, fam? How are we feeling? Oh, I have good energy today. I'm super excited. I'm sitting down for like a full content creation day. It's snowing outside. It's our first snowstorm of the year in New Jersey, and it just like looks really beautiful and cozy, and I freaking love it. So I'm just pumped to be here and share this episode with you guys today. We're going to keep this interview train rolling. I've got a couple really exciting interviews back to back here. So hopefully you guys enjoyed uh, Ben Yi from Ophelia Records last week. And this week we have Devin Lazama, who is the founder of EDM Maniac, which for me is one of my favorite platforms to follow. I think they do such amazing things for the dance music community and I've wanted to pick his brain and just learn more about him and how he started EDM Maniac and their growth. So this one was very, very exciting for me as a content creator in this space. Um, And hopefully you guys are familiar with EDM Maniac. I feel like they're a huge player in this space. So we're going to be diving into their whole origin story, how they've grown their platform, um, how they've launched all these sub verticals that they have now. They're, you know, doing live events, uh, travel food, like all this cool shit. So uh, we're going to talk about all that as well as how they navigate relationships with content creators, with festivals, because they do have to you know, be honest and unbiased when they do these reviews and things like that. Um, And that might ruffle some feathers sometimes, and I know how that feels. So we're going to get into all the juicy stuff today, which is really exciting. Uh, Before we dive into that, you guys, uh, please connect with us on social media. We are at Rave Culture Cast on all of the platforms. We have a Facebook group community and a Discord if you guys want to come chat and meet other ravers in this space. Um, And yeah, if you enjoy it, like, subscribe, rate, review, all the things that helps us out tremendously. So appreciate you guys doing that. All right, before we go any further, I want to shout out our sponsor, Loop Earplugs. So if any of you guys are camping festival fans, this one is going to be for you. You understand the struggle of trying to sleep at a camping festival with neighbors who are up till all hours in the mornings, renegade sets, all the above. It can be very, very difficult to sleep at festivals. So investing in the right earplugs can be a game changer for you to finally get some quality sleep. So if you guys haven't experienced them yet, Loop Earplugs makes their quiet edition, which is a lifesaver for these situations. They reduce noise up to 26 decibels, which is a really, really great reach for you guys um, and it's perfect for those moments when you want sleep when you want to focus uh, if you're on an airplane I use these earplugs when I flew to Greece uh, this past summer so they're really incredible for a lot of different instances they're also made of a softer touch silicone so it's a different material than the other editions of their earplugs so it's meant for day and night comfort you can sleep with them in and it's super comfortable so um, definitely check them out you guys can save money off your loop earplugs with my affiliate link below I will leave that for you guys in the description uh, feel free to shop the different colors depending on the vibe and style that you want and I highly recommend try them out at your next trip, camping festival, flight, whatever it is, and you guys can thank me later. All right, with all that being said, 
Let's dive into our Amnesty Bin confession. So our Amnesty Bin is an anonymous confession that our rave listeners can just drop them off. I will pick them up and I will share them anonymously in the world, but I will take take it to the rave grave. So the sender will never be known. Uh, This one was a juicy one. So this confession is short and sweet. It said, confession, I only go under the influence to avoid paying for expensive food. I don't think I've ever heard anyone say that before. (laughs) I read this and I was like, holy shit. Um, Yeah, I mean, that is quite the confession. I don't personally think the food is that expensive that you need to take something to not eat throughout the entire day. I wouldn't recommend that to you guys as a rave mom um, because obviously whatever you might be taking that might suppress your appetite, which if we're ravers, guys, we're not surviving on one chicken tenders or not eating out here. You need to fuel your body. You need to eat full meals before, during, after. Uh, I'm a big eater, so I'm team try the festival food. And I like doing the different vendors and stuff. But you know what? For this listener, uh, that's their avenue that they're going down to avoid paying money for expensive food. So no judgment here. You got to do what you got to do and <laughs> live, your, live your truth. So uh, if you guys have your own Amnesty Bin confessions that you want to submit, um, just email them over to me, raveculturecast at gmail.com. That is raveculturecast at gmail.com. Send in your Amnesty Bin confessions to be featured in an upcoming episode. All right, with all that being said, let's dive into the interview today with Devin Lazama, again, the founder of EDM Maniac. Um, He's going to give us the full origin story, tell us all the tea on how he's grown the team, how the brand has evolved, um, and how they navigate the world of dance music in media. So with that being said, welcome to the podcast, Devin. All right, you guys, welcome back to the podcast. So today I have an incredible guest on who I've been looking forward to having come on this podcast, honestly, for years. So uh, Devin, Lazama is here. He is the founder of EDM Maniac, along with Maniac Black, EDM Maniac Presents, Travel Maniac, and I believe we have a new Maniac that we're going to be talking about today, but you're probably familiar with their work. Um, He is a fan of all things dance music, and I really, really enjoy the things that he puts out and the work that his team does. So I'm super excited to pick his brain today and just chat about his background. So welcome, Devin. Oh, so glad to be here. It's so crazy. We've been trying to, I feel like this has been like, (laughs) Something we've been trying to do for a minute, and I, I'm glad we're doing it now, and it's had yep. a good time. It's end of the year. We've got a lot to talk about, so I think it worked out pretty well. Happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Your background is I'm not as familiar with. I obviously know what you do now and like what you've built up, but I'm not as familiar. But before we dive into that, I wanted to ask you, since we are – this episode's coming out in January, so fresh into the new year. Mm-hmm. I know you're a very busy guy. How far out are you making plans for festivals that you attend? Or do you like to send things last minute? Absolutely not a last minute person at all. Uh, (laughs) Pretty books for this year, for next year. We're like, we're up to Amsterdam dance event, which is in October of next year. That's, that's how far we're out right now. (laughs) Fully booked. You're like ready to go. Fully booked. (laughs) Damn. Okay. And because I know you you travel, we're going to get into it like for fun as well. But one thing I have to mention before we get started is you're a big Tomorrowland fan. And I saw you got yeah. your tickets. What this number is this? Sixth, this one will be my sixth or this one will be my seventh one. Yeah. Jeez. <laughs> Putting the main hat. Have you gone like the last six years? Minus COVID. Yeah. Jeez. Oh my God. Well, I'm going to have to pick your brain about Tomorrowland at another point because like watching your stories and seeing everything you post about it looks absolutely incredible i know that's like is that your favorite one you would say out of the year i try not to pick favorites but uh it's it's definitely it's definitely up there (laughs) for sure (laughs) 
Fair enough. Okay. All right. We're going to dive right in. I want to go into your background a little bit before we catch up on just like your career and everything you've worked on. But okay. So I kind of was like dabbling a little bit in LinkedIn and I saw you have like a background in IT. You worked at a couple of different like interesting companies. So how, where did we start out? Like, what was the idea? Where'd you go to college? Tell me a little bit about that. <laughs> Ooh, I forgot the LinkedIn is still a thing because I am so yeah. like into dance music <laughs> right now that I forget that that's still even up. But um, yeah, it's a great story. I guess I went to film. So I'm from New York City originally, born and raised. I'm a Brooklyn kid. Uh, I went to the School of Visual Arts. It's a film school. So I studied film production and editing as my sort of background. And that's what I have my degree in. And with film editing and film school comes use of lots of technology. Um, And so I just love technology. I love how, even though we're having some hiccups sometimes with technology, it really can change the world. And I really feel like it's, it's a huge part of me. So I love technology, just like using computers to do things. And um, Apple, I was working, I got a job at the Apple store, uh, fixing computers as like one of the geniuses. Um, And that was like a good use of like, using computers and helping people achieve their dreams with creating stuff because Apple's a very creative focused company. And yeah, it was just a beautiful experience. And I was doing that while in school. So Apple actually helped me pay for my college degree while I was working at Apple, which was a really, really special experience and just a testament to like how well Apple treats their employees and just creative people. Um, and then I finished up at Apple. I was, I went out to Los Angeles, moved out to LA and, uh, was working on a couple films, but I just decided that being in a dark room editing films was just like, not my thing. As much as I went to school for Mm -hmm. it and loved it, I realized it just wasn't what I was interested in at all. Um, I love editing, but like being in a room all day and just, it's just very monotonous. I, I'm sure, you know, editing all these podcasts, Mm -hmm. it's a lot of work and it's like, it takes a lot of time and just being in a dark room was just not my thing. I needed the sunlight. So, um, Mm -hmm. focused more on it when I moved out to LA, um, after some of those film jobs, got a job working at uh, some advertising agencies and marketing agencies. I worked for Headspace. They're like a meditation app, really, really fun place Mm -hmm. to work. Um, just worked for a bunch of startup companies and yeah, I just ended sort of the career in IT as like a IT senior IT engineer, just fixing internal issues with systems and computers. Mm -hmm. And all the time while I was doing that, I was flying off to Ibiza and going to Tomorrowland and doing all these crazy things because like my heart and my passion really was dance music. Like IT is fun. I love computers. Don't get me wrong. But um, I was really just kind of doing that for, a salary to be honest and mm-hmm. it just paid the bills and helped me pay to go to festivals which you know is something that can be quite expensive sometimes um especially back then for me and yeah i just decided i wanted to kind of focus my energy and my my passion on like dance music and edm maniac so while i was like doing the it stuff i started edm maniac a really funny story how the name came up i was in the shower one day and i was mm. like man i really like want to just like take videos at festivals and like write about this. Cause like a really, my first festival I think was like in 20, ah, I'm totally aging myself here. Uh, 20, <laughs> Tell me about it. <laughs> 2009, okay, yep. 2008. Yeah. Around that time. Um, and yeah, I just like, was like, I want to do this. I want to write about stuff. And I want to write about how dance music is changing my life. And I was like, what do I call this? So I'm like in the shower and I was like, 
I'm call, I'm, I feel like I'm a maniac. I feel like I'm crazy about this. And that's how EDM maniac <laughs> came to be. Just such, those shower thoughts really do go a long way, believe it or not. Yeah. They go a super long way. And I'll give you like a little kind of weird fact about me is like whenever I'm really stressed out or like I need to like think something through, I'll take a shower and it helps me just kind of yeah. like relax and just think about what I need to think about and get it done. It sounds really weird, but it's like, it's just one of those things for me. Um, so yeah, IT transitioned right before COVID. This is a crazy story. Right before COVID, I quit my, my like really high paying IT job to focus on EDM Maniac and COVID happened. Uh, and that was yep. probably a really transformational year for me <laughs> because I went from having like a guaranteed salary to not knowing where you know, my paycheck was yeah. going to come from. Obviously COVID was a really difficult time for a lot of people. And mm-hmm. yeah, so, but during COVID, it was a great time for EDM Maniac because like people were just on their phones a lot, just trying to stay connected with the community. There were drive-in raves. We were involved in a lot of like drive-in stuff. And we had a cool partnership with Insomniac TV. We we're producing live streams for them every week. Um, so it's actually a really good time for us to be creative mm-hmm. and think outside of the box. And in a way COVID was really, was really great for us, but, um, but yeah, quit my job full-time a couple of years ago now, just focusing on EDM Maniac full-time. And it's kind of been the, the best decision for me since then. I know I, I just gave you like a lot. Nice. I hope that wasn't too much. No, that's, I need, we needed the background. So like now we have the full picture of everything yeah. and it's, it, it, it's just cool to see like how people, yeah, like get to finally like live out that passion project for you right because there are so many steps to get there and for a lot of people it's something you're doing on the side until you're able to go full time with it so it's it's cool just to see that evolution and you have it's interesting to hear you also have background obviously in film because now with video kind of like dominating the space we're in like having that experience is obviously helpful so it's just crazy to to hear how it went full time but was dance music since okay so if you did your first festival like 2009 around then was it like what got you into dance music? Family members, friends, coworker uh, mm. that I was working with at Apple at the time, and it was we're in New York City, so he invited me to a show, and uh, it was electric. It was Cascade and Dead Mouse. This is before this. I was gonna, I was going to tell you a story about electric. Ah. This is Cascade and Dead Mouse. Um, <laughs> it was on Valentine's yep. Day, and this was before KX Five and. This is just them Cascade and Dead Mouse. Um, and I went to that show that night and it just changed my life. And I decided this is really what I, I just felt so connected. And I went home and I I forgot what we had back then, but like iTunes or whatever. I just like downloading songs of like Cascade and Dead Mouse. And it was just such a beautiful experience. And then later that year we had like Electric Zoo and that was like the first Electric Zoo. And it was just a it was a good experience for me. And it really made me believe that this is really what I wanted to listen to and be a part of for the rest of my life. That's beautiful. Yeah. And now the taste has evolved so much since then too, (laughs) which we'll chat about, but, um, okay. That's awesome to hear how this happened. And now like knowing what EDM maniac is now with all of these other like sub brands under it, it's just amazing to see the growth fix. I I couldn't even tell you when I first followed it's has to be years at this point, like pre COVID I would say, but yeah, like the growth of it has been absolutely crazy. So one thing I did want to kind of ask about too is just the evolution of your team and what it's taken to grow this brand because obviously you going full-time on it is one thing, but then being able to bring on other team members and you work with content creators and influencers and all that stuff. So like how did you scale those first couple of years? 
Woof. Uh, that is a, <laughs> how much time do we have here? Um, I mean, yeah, I know, I know, <laughs> I know the struggle. <laughs> I mean, that's what it was. It was like, it was a struggle, right? I, I went into this full time, just being a fan of dance music. Right. And obviously we've evolved a lot since then, but it's not getting to learn a lot about marketing and dealing with people in this kind of space on a business level was something that I just wasn't used to. Um, I worked at a marketing agency. I kind of learned a little bit about marketing, but like what we're doing now is just not what I thought we would ever be doing. And mm -hmm. you really have to just kind of go into it thinking this is what's best for the community. And this is what's best for dance music. And Mm -hmm. You have to kind of like dig deep a little bit and be like, okay, I may get this wrong. I may not be scaling the right way, or I may not handle this situation the best way, but I'm going to learn. And I think you just have to like mm -hmm. really go into it just saying like, I'm willing to learn, but my heart is in the right place. And I think that's just kind of been my guiding light. It's just like doing the right thing, despite not necessarily knowing what the outcomes would be. And I think scaling and growing to like all these different things all just kind of evolved naturally when you really put your passion and your mm -hmm. heart into something that you really care about um so i don't have a real answer as to like how that actually happened but i can say from a like spiritual mm -hmm. level like it, it it was a lot of like internal reflection and it was a lot of like is this the right thing for me is it the right thing for dance music and i always just went back mm -hmm. to like i really love this i want to make sure i'm doing the best that i can for the community however that translates and just like believing yeah. believing in myself and believing in what we're doing and every decision that we've made um you know you live and you learn you're not always going to make the right decisions and that's part of owning a business mm -hmm. as i'm sure you know and i'm sure a lot of people watching yeah. this uh, might agree with, you're never going to have the right answer. And I think just being open-minded to failure is probably why we're at where we are right now. And that's just not like right. business failure. That's about failure from, you know, social media, like social media is a very, can be a very toxic place. And there are moments where like, I was reading comments in social media, like way back when that it would really hurt me and it would be like really like visceral. And I would take things so personally. Um, but since then, you know, I accepted like, not everyone's gonna love what we do. Not everyone's gonna agree with everything that we say. The internet is a very vast place with a lot of different opinions. Um, mm -hmm. So just being open to like that sort of rejection from just like, you know, a business standpoint, but also from, um, you know, people on the internet can be, uh, it could be scary, but it's also very eye-opening and it allows you to kind of move forward knowing that like, hey, you know what? Not everyone's gonna agree with what we do. and. Um, that to me is, I think, why we've gotten to where we're at. And um, right. the internet is just such a crazy world to live in. And you think about it, it's like, we're children of the internet. You know, you like, mm -hmm. we, we grew up with like AOL dial up and all that stuff. And like, it's, yep. it's what we grew up with, but like, it is a world in its own. Right. And you have to kind mm -hmm. of, it, 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 it's a lot to be living in that world yeah. where people can be very unfiltered. And mm -hmm. for me, that was a bit of a challenge at the beginning, but living in this internet world, right. like it's, it's, it can be challenging, but again, just going back to like, is this the right thing? Am I doing the right thing? Is my heart in the right place? I think that's kind of 
how we dealt with like scaling and influencers and content creators sure. and writers and all that stuff. So it's kind of a long winded answer, yeah. I think, or a kind of broad answer, but. No, I appreciate it. I think you're, yeah, like your headspace and your thought process about it. I think I at least believe you can tell because like, and I'm big on like growing organically as well. And even like slow and steady sometimes like wins the race. So I think you can see that in the content and the choices that you've made. And I totally agree with Failing is the only way to do it because obviously you're going to learn your lessons that way. Um, so when it comes to scaling the brand, so it was, you've made a lot of decisions, obviously mistakes are made along the way, but now you've built out this team, you've got different sub brands. I did want to ask you a little bit too about kind of like some of the challenges that you guys might've faced, like COVID being one of them, I'm sure. But um, any other like major things that when you look back on it, you either wish you did differently or like now having the experience and knowledge you have, you're like, okay, maybe I would have approached XYZ differently. Man, how much time do we, I feel like I could, just, I could really <laughs> spend a lot of time on these. These are great questions. I mean, listen, like the, the, the space that we work in, you know, digital media, it's changing all the time. Right. So it's like impossible to keep mm -hmm. up. And I try not to say, I wish I would have done that or I could have done mm -hmm. X differently. It's just because things are constantly changing. Dance music is changing. Trends in social media are changing. Mm -hmm. It's it's hard to answer that one because like things are just always in flux and you just have to be open to that and understanding that like things are changing. You're never going to get it right. Instagram might change its algorithm right. in two hours. Like you just never know. Mm -hmm. um, but I think one of the things that I, I say kind of just overall is that content is just change the, the way that we're understanding mm -hmm. content and like digesting content is so different than what it was when me and you first got into dance music like it's just so different mm -hmm. um and i think looking back at just the our content strategy i think i could have been a little bit more prepared uh in in a way because i feel like ugh, content creators and influencers, which that's now a thing. Mm -hmm. I mean, who can be prepared to, for, for those sorts of things? And I'm speaking very candidly, right? right? You know, like, no, I, was we never, say I appreciate the honesty. <laughs> we never knew, like, looking back, I don't think we ever thought we would have like internet celebrities or like influencers mm -hmm. on the internet. I mean, I was my celebrities were always kind of like in movies and or TV or uh, perhaps mm -hmm. like, some artists or DJs. And even so, I don't really consider DJs celebrities. Like, mm -hmm. um, but there, the, when it comes to content, there are personalities um, that you have to be able to understand. And I feel mm -hmm. like I wasn't quite ready um, to deal with just the, that, that kind of flip of a switch that happened in social media where right. all of a sudden there were influencers and content creators. And um, it was a little bit difficult because I just wasn't used to that. And I didn't grow up with that. Um, now kids mm -hmm. on the internet kind of grow up with content creators and influencers, but we lived in a world where that didn't exist yeah. uh, when we were on the internet. So I think balancing those relationships at the start was just a really bit difficult for me um, because mm -hmm. I just wasn't used to it. And I, um, I do, you know, obviously influencers and content creators are a huge part of uh, dance music and uh, a, a lot of different worlds and communities uh but dealing with those relationships was just a little bit difficult and i feel like i would have just i wish i just had a little bit more information or sure 
yeah, just balancing those relationships, I would have done a little bit differently. But we're we're in such a good place with the people that we work with now. Um, and I think mm -hmm. um, we have really kind of gone back to the ethos again. I'm going to say this a lot, but like, is this mm -hmm. what's best for dance music? Because sometimes what's popular is not what's necessarily what's best. Um, right. And uh, especially when it comes to dance music, because dance music is still, even though it's pop, very popular now, it's still very much uh, in, in the media's eyes, there are things that are very mm -hmm. taboo, you know, and right. um, there are a lot of things that kind of are talked about on the internet with dance music culture that you have to be able to balance. Um, and I yeah. think we all know what those things are, but like, I think it's, um, we, we're always, we're going back to the ethos of like, not talking mm -hmm. about the negatives and not talking about the things that, you know, big, the, you know, the media, the way yeah. media sees dance music. Um, and that's just kind of how we're dealing with our content creators and the influencers now is making sure that they are, um, you know, really passionate about the music and not necessarily the getting wrapped up in the everything else, the, everything else. Yeah. Let's just say it that mm -hmm. way. Yeah. yeah. I think you've navigated it really well though. Cause I was going to say like, you've built out such a cool team and network of collaborators. And like, I love seeing different faces pop up on EDM maniac now and having like contributors, kind of allows you to relate to different people and then you guys are able to put out more content as well so it's cool to see like who's doing different takeovers and overall have like a positive message and kind of viewpoint on dance music so I do I definitely think that you guys are have like gone in that direction you've navigated it well and I appreciate you being honest about the challenges that you face because like we've all fucking been there like we've all dealt yeah. with different ones um yeah. And we know the struggle of social media. So no, you're you're navigating it still now. But um, yeah, I, I do enjoy seeing the collaborators. And I know some people like I'm sure have reached out, obviously trying to work with you guys and get involved. Like I'll skip ahead a little bit. But is that something you guys are still looking for? Like how can people participate in Media Maniac? Ah, that's a good question. So this year was the first year that we didn't have our internship program. It was something that we had for about three years. Um, we have, so we started an internship program to like really help build, you know, careers in dance music. So everyone on the team right now has, uh, you know, has roles that are way much more mm -hmm. than what they started with as an intern. And everyone on the team was an intern at one point. That's like one of our prerequisites is like, you have to start as an intern, mm -hmm. no matter where you are in life and in your career with dance music, because working at EDM Maniac and just where we're at right now requires a lot of new skills. I feel like we tend to operate very differently than a lot of different companies and businesses. Mm -hmm. And we're just very, we want everyone to kind of learn how we operate and before we like really commit to like working with people full time. Um, so everyone yeah. on the team has actually been interns uh, as a result of that program. This year we didn't do it because we found that we had such a really, uh, our, our turnover rate was really low, is that everyone actually mm -hmm. became part time or uh, working 30 hours a week um, that we didn't necessarily need it. Um, next year, however, because we are launching these new verticals, we're looking for maniacs that are obsessed with travel and food and uh, there's a new one coming as well. So there's just like, there's going to be some opportunity starting in the spring, I think of next year, right before festival season starts where people can get more involved, but also not just okay. like in, in dance music, but also, like I said, food, food maniacs, travel mm -hmm. maniacs, all those sorts of things. So just stay tuned for that, for that. But I'm, I'm excited to like get more people to join the team and 
right now we have a pretty solid team. I'm really happy. Like a lot of the team right now is actually in Mexico covering Holy Ship. Uh, they've got, I they're saw. Doing, yeah, yeah they're, <laughs> they've got a, this, this is the day four, I think for them. And, uh, we've just got a really great team and I just, if they're watching this, uh, I just want to shout them out because they really are, uh, just such amazing people that really deliver on everything that they promise. And it's, uh, a delight to work with all the people that we work with right now. Um, uh, but I do feel like as we continue to the grow, grow the company, we're going to need some more maniacs for sure, for sure, for sure. That's awesome. How, how have you guys decided on what, verticals you want to open? Because I know you have an interest in travel and obviously like techno is something you're passionate about, but where, how do you make those decisions to launch new verticals and kind of like decide like what you're going to focus on with those? This goes back to a little bit about what EDM Maniac is all about. It's about the culture and it's about the community. We're doing a lot of like community focused things coming up. We've got the EDM Maniac Awards. Um, probably when this is, goes live, this podcast goes live, the awards will be aired, but, um, we're doing a lot of community focused things. And, and again, like I said, at the beginning of our conversation, like everything I do is focused on what's best for the community. And I made the decision to make our first non-music vertical travel because we hear a lot from our audience and the communities that they get burnt out from events and that they uh perhaps don't want to go to a specific venue or they're tired of you know overpriced things or there's so many different reasons but at the end of the mm -hmm. day we don't want to alienate people uh because like of experiences here in the states or experiences mm -hmm. uh yeah particularly experiences here in the states and as someone who loves traveling and has seen and been to a lot of international festivals and dance music events we want to create a community of, hey, you know what, you don't have to quit dance music just because you don't like going to this venue. Um, let us show you other things that happen around the mm -hmm. world and show you how accessible travel really is. Um, and I think there's a lot of fear with the dance music community, especially the younger ones, um, sometimes about travel and it can be intimidating. Mm -hmm. And we want ravers to know that like you can go to Tomorrowland on a thousand, two thousand dollars, whatever it is. That's just that's it's a total random example, mm -hmm. but like we want to show people that travel can be accessible within the dance music world and Travel Maniac just made the most sense. And we want to keep people right. involved with dance music as long as possible. And we don't want people to like get tired of dance music just because, you know, maybe they don't like events in the States or whatever it is, what have right. you. We want, we want to keep the, the wheels going and everything flowing and travel just made sense. Um, so that's why we started Travel Maniac. And it's also a huge just passion of mine. And it just made, it just mm -hmm. it makes sense to keep people in the dance music Agreed. ecosphere and just like the longevity of this culture and this community. Um, and I think that's mm -hmm. a service that we are trying to do with Travel Maniac is just keep the longevity of people and uh, show them that there are other experiences out there. And I think that's really important. Such so travel. Maniac Black is our house and techno brand. I mean, I don't know yes. if we need to say anything else about like house and techno, but like so hot right now, obviously. I'm a huge techno yeah. fan. I mean, I, I've seen techno change a lot. I was talking to a friend the other day, like I remember when Afterlife was like um, no visuals, just like DJs, it was just them. Um, and I, I've seen Tale of Us and all of those guys like just like years and years, years back. And like, it's just, it's crazy how much techno and house has changed. Um, and mm -hmm. obviously it's, it's, it's a passion of mine, but it's also like, 
it's also about like that longevity that I was talking, just talking about. Right. So like, let's say you're mm-hmm. tired of like the, the big room or the, the head banging, maybe you should try something different. Mm-hmm. Maybe house and techno is, is more up your alley. You never know. I've hear a lot of bass heads. Like I see them go to shows and I know a lot personally that just love house and techno and like spicing things up yes. a bit. So like <laughs> Maniac Black is all about accessibility to house and techno, you know, d- techno and house can be very intimidating from the outside looking in like so intimidating mm-hmm. like tech, the word techno snob is a re- is it's a thing for a reason right and it's like yeah. <laughs> we want we want to make house and techno just more accessible so that's why we started maniac black and um that community that we're building there is just really special and we've done a few events and we've got a few events next year that are warehouse techno parties under the maniac black brand um but yeah it's just it's all about sort of just giving back to the community and keeping that longevity um and our newest one food you know, we, we hear a lot from people about like terrible festival food and, you mm-hmm. know, like, but there are, there are some festivals that do it really well. So that kind of inspired that, uh, that vertical a little bit, but also like, we understand that maniacs, the way that we see maniacs are, they're obsessed with things. Right. Um, and you know, right. it's not just dance music that they're obsessed with, um, that they could be obsessed with traveling. They could be obsessed with food. So all of these kind of things, all these worlds, maniac, black travel, maniac, food, maniac are kind of just what we're calling part of the like maniac universe. And we're kind of keeping mm-hmm. all of these people that love these things like in our universe and you can love multiple things, you know, and we learned, mm-hmm what we know about our audience is that they do love multiple things and it's just all about bringing accessibility to those people. So that's kind of why we started those verticals it. and I think it makes the most sense. I love it. Yeah. Cause I mean, it, it does make a lot of sense obviously, but you've already got this incredible community and I think to be able to then pinpoint specific interests and expand upon those, like I think is incredible and they, they all clearly make sense. I mean, even travel just, I feel like for most of us, a lot of us want to build trips around the festivals as well, especially if you're going internationally. So having like a page that's talking about things <clears throat> outside of just the event, but like going to these incredible places and then food, adding that on top of it, like that also is going to be thrown into these trips that you're having. So all of the verticals yeah. make a lot of sense. And it, it's cool to just to see you guys like stepping out to these other things and Maniac Black, I love to see you guys expanding into events and having your own like sub sub communities within, like you said, the Maniac universe pop up. It it does make it more approachable, or I would even say just help introduce, like you said, maybe somebody who's coming in from a super mainstream angle or like really introductory into dance music, and then they yeah. discover this like sub community that you have. It might just be like an easier entryway into house and techno which is really really cool to see so yeah i, I wish I, I, wish that ex- I wish that existed when i was first getting into house and techno like i didn't really know where to look mm-hmm. and so right. that's kind of what inspired that as well it's just like where do i go to like figure out about techno festivals and events and techno yeah. i didn't know it didn't really exist there was like resident advisor and maybe like dj matt i don't know there's there wasn't anything so like mm-hmm. publication focused for house and techno and and the, the idea for maniac yeah. black is to become like very publication focused uh as well and like get sort of the house and techno news like disseminated in in the same way that we kind Got of do it. it with media maniac so hope i'm it's okay. also my passion project honestly it's like my it's my baby mm-hmm. not, they're all my babies um i love but each and every one of them the same but <laughs> I, that one has that one has a very special place in my heart for sure 
Fair enough. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. then there's one other vertical I have to mention to you because I've always wanted to ask you about this, but uh, EDM Maniac is also very well known for the festival report cards that oh, you do. And I feel like I'm curious from your point of view, because I always look forward to them, but on your end, like on the back end with analytics and stuff, do you also feel like they're received really well? Like do people like really interact and engage with those? They are probably our most engaged pieces of content. Um, and and yeah, <laughs> they are they are highly viewed and highly shared. Um, and we're looking uh, for next year to figure out how to like keep them all in one place. Um, they exist all on our website, by the way. So if you're watching this, you can just search Festival Report Card, Electric Zoo, or mm -hmm. Electric Forest. Whatever. They're all on our website. But on social, we're trying to figure out how to keep them all in one place. Um, but the views and the shares and the numbers on those posts are insane, absolutely insane. And I think people see EDM Maniac uh, Festival Report Card as honest, you know, and not really mm -hmm. beating around the bush. I mean, we try to be very fair. Uh, the, the, the whole whoever goes to the festival covers it for us. They chat about it okay. amongst each other. It goes through a whole process. Everyone talks about it. Everyone's like, we make sure before it goes out, everyone's on the same page. But it's um, it's not necessarily always fun um, because delivering bad news is never fun. Mm -hmm. And again, going back to our ethos and, and brand values of doing what's best for the community, sometimes letting people know how your experience was if it was a bad experience is what's doing best for the community however sometimes a festival right. may not see it that way um and mm -hmm. no one likes criticism but you have to be open to it and that's kind of what the, the festival yeah. card is all about it's all about accountability it's not about like putting pushing anyone under the bus it's not about calling anyone out it's just about accountability and making sure that we're you know keeping festivals at a certain level and standard so that dance music maniacs and lovers go to these festivals and get a real pure genuine experience um mm -hmm. and something that they feel like they they paid they got their money's worth does that make sense like it right. feels like oh yeah. i don't feel weird that i went to this this feels good and that's the whole point of the report card is like we want to hold that accountability so festivals feel are, are just accountable and and it's un it's mm -hmm. unbiased opinion and i think it's um it's what the dance music community needs and we're we're just so thankful that everyone shares them and loves mm -hmm. giving their feedback on on their own experience and it's fun it's been yeah that that idea actually came from one of our interns oh very nice csc yeah. it's like the feet uh i can it's like a, a balance you have to strike right because obviously you can tell your audience responds to it really well they appreciate the feedback yeah. and you guys in turn need to be honest with people or they're going to be like this is like bs yeah. but at the yeah. same time like how does that affect to your point the relationships being in media and being an outlet you obviously need to have like a network and relationships so how do you strike that balance you know with, without <laughs> fully pissing people off which you might do and that might have to happen i'm i've done the same thing so <laughs> I, I get it <laughs> um it happens and there's no way to deviate from that it just happens yeah. and um i think what mm -hmm. we do is we try to build relationships with a lot of these festivals that they know we're coming from a, a good place and that it's not a personal thing because like at the end of the day there are mm -hmm. hundreds of people that work on these festivals that could maybe feel attacked um and we never want to give that right. feeling we want you know we just want uh to promote like growth 
uh, for all of these festivals and and make sure that people are being held accountable. So I would say, you know, as ma as much as it can be hurtful, um, we actually get a lot of feedback from festivals saying, hey, thank you for calling that out. Like, that's a thank you for mentioning that. Like, we've made these changes. And a lot of festivals uh, ask us to come back and say, can you please do a follow-up report card? We'd love to see how we've improved. So believe it or not, a lot that's of good. festivals are really, really, really open to it. And um, if that's like affecting positive change, then uh, we're all we're all we're all for it. Mm hmm. OK, so then kind of a loaded question, but this is uh, spoiler alert, guys. This is going to be an episode in the new year, but I'm, I'm going to be exploring and I'm researching right now why music festivals are so fucking expensive and why the ticket prices are like getting through the roof. Um, so I'm curious, in your opinion, who who would you say because you've re reviewed I can't even count how many festivals like who do you think is doing it well and is like really really at the top of their game right now festival wise and then um I'll follow that up with like do you like what do you think is make driving up the price of festival tickets right now <laughs> I think in the states a lot of the smaller independent festivals are actually doing really well uh we get a lot of really good feedback from people that attend the smaller ones um, I'm not going to like be too specific cause I don't want to like ruffle any mm -hmm. feathers, but I will Fair. say, um, you know, there are some small festivals that are doing really, really great things. And, um, mm -hmm. I think having, uh, competition is never a bad thing, you know, and I think it's important that small festivals exist, honestly. And, um, mm -hmm. yeah, I'll, I'll just say, I'll just, just say a lot of small yeah. festivals are doing really, really well. And, uh, awesome. I went to one recently. Uh, that was super fun. And I find myself like the culture at some of the smaller festivals and, and the vibes and the energy are really pure. And I like that. I really do. Because, you know, mm -hmm. at the end of the day, a lot of people do go to the bigger festivals just because it's a party. We hear that all the time and I've experienced it. Like everyone, a lot of the big festivals, you don't necessarily have just dance music fans. You have people that like want to party um, or just know about yep. this big party that's happening in the desert, wherever it is. Um, and mm -hmm. I think um the smaller ones have people that are just like really about the music and i'm not saying the big ones don't have yeah. those people but the smaller ones tend to have a really pure energy and that's something that um on my list for next year is to kind of explore more I, I explored a couple this year but i think next year i'll take a look at some more um internationally uh awakenings uh they're like a techno brand based out of the, mm -hmm. the netherlands their their festivals are just absolutely insane the production uh the the camping experience that they have it's like it's really top notch and they have um new year's eve events and they do stuff during amsterdam dance event their production is just out of this world if you've ever seen uh and i'm sure you've seen but like the mm -hmm. audience if you've never been to an awakening or seen an awakenings event check them out they just do absolutely just a phenomenal stuff um Tomorrowland is a really good one. Um, they're just masters of the craft. Like, I don't yep. know. We can probably talk about Tomorrowland a bit, but like Tomorrowland, it, it gives you that moment of like, how did they think of this? Like, who thought of this? Right. You know, and it's like, <laughs> it's like, wow, the creative minds that work there are just insane. The stages are just so intricate, the details. Um, Tomorrowland really believes in the details. Like they're really, really good about that. Like mm -hmm. the bathrooms are super clean. They have people giving you deodorant spray. They, they think about everything, mm -hmm. um, every part of the experience. And I think Tomorrowland 
you know, obviously a very popular festival, but I think it's great because of the details. They just think of everything, every moment of sure. the journey and the experience is they've thought about it. And um, it, right. it's just a beautiful festival and it's worth every penny. Personally, you know, and talking about pricing and stuff, honestly, Tomorrowland compared to some of the U.S. festivals is like a bit cheaper. Wait, we'll talk offline. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah. have some thoughts on this. Don't even get me. I was pricing yeah. it out against some other festivals recently, and it was literally the same price, if not more <laughs> affordable than some U.S. prices. And I was like, the math isn't mathing here. Like, how did I not put to – I just – I guess maybe – and I, I don't know if other people feel the same way. I guess when you think Tomorrowland, you just think, okay, this is going to be a really big international trip. It's going to be so expensive for me, the flights. And, like, you just assume that it's going to be expensive, which I'm not – saying it's not but when you price it against some of the prices now that are coming out of the u.s um it actually like matches up so it's pretty and you're like the master at using points for flights and stuff like that like it honestly matches up so it really matches up and (laughs) and yeah yeah it really matches up but to answer your question i think yeah i I don't know what the reason is um but i've noticed those changes too and i'm just like hmm and I think that's why Travel Maniac is going to be good and big next year is because mm-hmm. a lot of people had that moment recently for some festivals that they're like, whoa, this is really yeah. expensive. You know, it doesn't even include camping or it doesn't include this. It doesn't include that. Yeah. You know, you look at some of the base packages for Tomorrowland and I think it's like $1,300, but that includes shuttles. That includes your festival passes, glamping options, mm-hmm. like everything that you need. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's the, I'll leave it at that. Yeah, no, that's fair. Yeah, well, I'm going to explore this. I'm doing like more research because I like genuinely <clears throat> wanted to know like what is driving up the, the cost of tickets just be, for like some justification there, which I, I completely see both sides and I understand there is. I just like want to know what are the main drivers of that. And I'm I'm with you on smaller festivals. I think that's one of my predictions as well for yeah. next year. Um some with them being like maybe a little bit more affordable I think people might go in that direction and then they'll see like the vibes and the energy match so Mm -hmm. it's kind of like that happy medium so I I hope to see like some smaller boutique festivals seeing a lot of success in 2024 um I think that'll be awesome so I want I definitely want to explore that more too but okay speak I want to just chat with you a little bit about traveling before I let you go here but I know this is like a big thing for you and you've been to so many places like you did some crazy trips this year can you talk a little bit about where you went <laughs> this year because it's been insane i don't even know where to begin honestly it's I been say insane. the can you say the carl cox trip because that one was pretty okay. crazy yeah the carl cox <laughs> yeah yeah so started i started the trip actually in amsterdam um i'm a huge trance fan believe it or not like i love trance and i just got back from a trance festival like in amsterdam like a week ago um Trance is like a special place. It just has a special place. It gives me that same feeling like techno does. It just very, it, it hits you mm-hmm. from your, to your core. And I love that. Um, so I started out in Amsterdam um, and uh, went to a state, it's called like a state of trance. Um, it's Armin van Buren festival. Um, mm-hmm. Then the luck of the <laughs> odds. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Were that my number one dj in the world his name is carl cox if you haven't heard of him big big dude been been in the techno game for so long uh luck of the odds that during that same time or like a a couple days after carl cox was playing in egypt at the great pyramids um and just to kind of give you yeah (laughs) 
mind blown. And as soon as I saw that, yeah. I was like, I don't care where I have to be. I'm going to be there. Um, and <laughs> I, I had to change a lot of a lot of plans. But um, believe it or not, so like I was in Amsterdam. Um, Egypt is only like four, four and a half hours away. Like it's like once you're over there, it's really not that yeah. far. Like it's it's Africa is not that far. Um, mm-hmm. And so I was like, you know what? We're going to send it. And I am a huge nerd when it comes to ancient Egypt, like a huge, you can ask me anything and I'll, I'll, I'll probably know anything of any, That's anything you ask information about ancient Egypt. Yeah. yeah. Huge, huge nerd. And I actually went to Egypt a couple of years ago and I fell in love and it was just like, you know, I have to go back. And I remember um, one funny story. I was like a couple of months before I booked the Carl Cox trip, I was in an Uber driver. I was in an Uber and I was talking to my Uber driver because I love talking to my Uber drivers. And <laughs> he was from Egypt and he, we were talking about how beautiful it is because Egypt, you know, for me, uh, the history is just such a beautiful thing. And I was like, I hope I get a, mm-hmm. a chance to go back to Egypt. And literally as we're having that conversation and I, I'm not making this up, I'm just, I open up my phone and there was a Carl Cox Egypt show announcement and I weird. Yep. So I had to send it and I, I went with a couple of <laughs> friends and uh, for me, like those are the experiences that I love and um, that's, and those are the experiences that I want to share with the world. And those videos from Carl Cox playing a DJ set at the pyramids uh, we're up there with like some of our most shared and viewed videos of the year. And I, that just shows mm-hmm. us how interested dance music fans here in the States and around the world are interested in these kind of unique travel experiences. So it really in- reinforced what we're doing with Travel Maniac for sure. Um, and yeah, it was just such a beautiful experience. So Carl Cox at the pyramids, just unbelievable. And, Casually. you know, yeah. <laughs> Egyptians party, Believe it or not, they they party. I don't know what people read on the internet, but they they party. And there's some parts <laughs> of Egypt that are just so well developed and just really nice. And um, the music scene there, they have beautiful beaches in Egypt as well. Like it's just yeah. Um, so Carl Cox, I would say, was one uh, at in, at the Egyptian pyramids. I would also say, man, I've, I've been to Amsterdam like ten times this year. I think like I for different That's events crazy. and festivals. Yeah, absolutely crazy Um, for trance, for techno events, for summer, for I was just there literally a week ago um, (laughs) for a trance festival. So, yeah, I would say a lot of Amsterdam trips, um, Tomorrowland, Belgium. That was one of my favorite trips this year. We made it a whole thing, did like six Mm -hmm. weeks in Europe, which was just absolutely crazy. Wow. We did like um, Sicily. We did uh, Mallorca, we did Ibiza, we did uh, Malta. I, uh, if, yeah, That's just so like, weird. I love, I love just like experiencing new places, honestly. There's just, there's a thrill about it and going somewhere where no one knows you and you get to like learn new mm-hmm. cultures. I would say like, if you ever have a chance, go to Malta. Uh, it is just absolutely beautiful. There's a techno festival there next summer called Glitch Festival that I hear really good things about. Um, and still really affordable. It's like the up and coming Ibiza, I feel like. Um, I go to Ibiza every summer. It's part of my like ritual. I have some really good friends there and just, you know, the hospitality is so great. I would say that was a fun trip. Um, October, we went to Amsterdam dance event uh, for ADE. For Mm -hmm. those that don't know, it's like a dance music conference for industry professionals, but it's also five days of like 
2,000 events that take over the city of Amsterdam. It's just insane. absolutely insane. Yeah. Um, and there's a whole bunch of other things that I'm probably missing and <laughs> other trips. Oh, EDC Mexico was really you fun. Yeah, I, I can't even remember, honestly. Like EDC Mexico was just so fun. Mexico City, the restaurants, if you've never been, is really great. Um, the scene, the restaurant scene there and the Mexico like dance music culture is just phenomenal. Absolutely phenomenal. And EDC Mexico, I feel like is kind of up there with EDC Vegas. That's, you know, you, you, nice. you got to experience it. It's I've heard special. good. Yeah. I've yeah. heard good things. People tag me in that like a lot. Like I don't, so I, I want to put it on the table. Cause like you just never know what could happen. But I did want to ask you though, now that you've experienced so many different places, like, okay, so I'm coming from a place of, I haven't done any international events and I'm like genuinely ashamed of that. I know it will happen, but I'm like, it, I just, I don't know why, to be honest with you. I've like done the festivals in the US, but I really need to get out there and, and see the world. But in your opinion, since you've hit some of the major cities like Ibiza, we're going to talk about Netherlands, Malta now is like Fisher has his festival there. There's like all kinds of events. Like, is there a common thread between dance music cultures there? Or do they do they feel different when you go to these different cities? I know, like, the genres may vary depending on, like, where they are. But yeah. do you notice similarities? Are they different? Like, how do you feel about the cultures there? It's different. It's different. And it has its, like, fashion, I think, is the biggest change. It's the biggest, like, difference between the mm -hmm. states and um, culture out there. They don't really in Europe, especially, like, they don't really like dress up for festivals the way American mm -hmm. festivals do. And it's a two sided coin for me because I'm like in my 30s now and less is more mm -hmm. for me. I like being comfortable. I, for my friends that know me, I will throw in a hoodie and a pair of shorts or jeans and go yeah. to a festival <laughs> and just that, that's me. Um, when you get to that, this age or my age, it's, it's kind of like, you like comfort you like yep. being comfortable but and that's kind of like i feel like a lot of the crowds in th that i've been to are slightly older too um but fashion i think is like definitely the biggest like difference and i kind of miss it but then when you're there you kind of miss like the creativity and like the funky signs and like the crazy totems mm -hmm. and you kind of miss that creativity so that's that's a little bit different but i think ultimately um there are diehard fans at all of these events they just you know, maybe might dress a little bit differently or have some cultural differences, but like um, trance music, especially like I can go to a trance event and there's just this feeling of unity and it's just, I don't know, mm -hmm. that's, a, that's a very special feeling. And that's why I, I kind of fly around to all these things because I thrive off of the connections with a lot of these people. Like I'm, I'm still friends with like the people I've met at Tomorrowland, like eight years ago, yeah. or whatever it is, you know, I, I keep in close contact with the people that I meet at festivals and, um, I love building those relationships and it's always great having friends around the world. Like whenever you're in a city, you're like, Hey, I'm here. And like you grab dinner and catch up and it's yeah. fun. Um, but yeah, That's fashion cool. I think is the biggest, is the biggest uh, noticeable difference for me. I feel like maybe there's like an intimidation factor. I don't know why this might just be in my head, but like, I think because it's so heavily ingrained in the culture over there, part of me is like, I feel like I'm going to go to a show in the Netherlands. They're just going to sniff me out instantly and be like this little, bitch you know what I mean like, there's just like an intimidation factor for me in my head maybe I'm thinking of like the Berlin scene that like scares the shit out of me but I want to experience it I just get nervous that like I don't know what I'm nervous about do you do you feel that way or you feel like it's just super welcoming doesn't matter <laughs> um 
No, I mean, I, I do feel like I know I know. I mean, I mean, no, it is super welcoming. I think you yeah. will get people like looking at you, like if you do dress with fluffies and do like the whole thing. But I think there is just a genuine course, interest. I don't think it's a negative thing. I think people are just like mm-hmm. interested. But in terms of like where you're from, I don't really think they sniff out like Americans or like, <laughs> like culture. So I've never had that experience. Um, but like a lot of these events that I go to, like Tomorrowland, Awakenings and all these other things, it's a very international crowd. So you kind of feel like you're mm-hmm. not really singled out. And I think for me, when I first started traveling for international festivals, I was like, I kind of had that same feeling as you did. But then I realized like a lot of these places are just so international. People come from all over the world. So it's like you're just a part right. of that family and a part of the culture. So no, there's no like, ah, they're American. Yeah. Unless, unless you're like... <laughs> Judgment. I mean... People have their own opinions about Americans, but like, unless you're kind of yeah, mm-hmm. give give people a reason to talk, they'll talk. But for the most part, yeah. I I really haven't experienced that. If anything, everyone's always like, "I love America," or "I want to," "I love Miami," or "I want to go to Vegas." Like they have, there actually is a genuine <laughs> interest in uh, learning about you know me and uh, American culture. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I would say try to get over that feeling and like remember Mm -hmm. like there are people that are really interested in getting to know who you are and american culture and um yeah there's been there's i've only had positive experiences so i hope that helps i really do and anyone watching this that helps it it definitely does and i'm gonna have to come to you when like i when i finally make these travels and like book these trips one i'll be going to travel maniac but i will also be going to you to ask where to go and do all the things because yeah, i, I was trust, uh, trust your judgment yeah yeah yeah. you know um frisky hug he's a you know for those that are watching uh mm-hmm. he's a content creator um i had i was able to get you know him access to uh, uh tomorrowland this year because you know my friends had some some they had like a link whatever so um, I'm taking him to his first Tomorrowland and I've been trying to get him Amazing. to go international for so long. So this is kind of like a big deal and I'm excited. Um, yeah, I'm excited to see Frisky Hug in, in an international setting. <laughs> oh my God. I can't wait for that. That's going to be fucking incredible. I, any of your coverage, I'm, I'm pumped for, but okay. To wrap things up. Yeah. What are for 2024? I know you guys, like you mentioned, you might have a new vertical coming. You guys are working on a lot of things, but what are the goals for you next year? Like, what is the next chapter here for for Edium Maniac and your verticals? Um, it's kind of building that universe and just bring it bring it all together um, and making it make a little bit more sense for people. I think um, there a lot of people are still kind of understanding that like we're building the maniac brand and we're not necessarily just EDM maniac anymore. So there's gonna be a lot of education around like what we actually do and why we're doing it. Um, and just like introducing people more to these brands and how they can benefit their lives. And, uh, the people that we have working on travel maniac and food maniac are just obsessed with EDM maniac and EDM. Um, mm-hmm. so it's, uh, it's, it's coming from the right place. Um, and, um, so yeah, those are some goals for next year is just introduce people to the brands and get really, get everyone on board and understanding why we, why we've made the decisions that we've made. Um, and you know, there's some other, there's a lot of like really cool projects that we're working on the more in-person stuff. You're going to see us activate in mm-hmm. person a lot next year, which is something that's really important to me because, you know, before EDM maniac, I was throwing like warehouse parties in downtown Los Angeles. Like that's mm-hmm. like. 
I don't know if we've touched on that at all, but like, that's kind of like a really crazy, (laughs) really crazy part of like how I got into dance music. And once I got into dance music and I moved to LA, I was just like throwing warehouse parties, like, and like candy raves. And it was just absolutely insane. Super, super fun. And this was before I started EDM Maniac. And then we were like, okay, we should, you know, start EDM Maniac. But, um, Mm -hmm. I want to go back to like those in-person things. Um, and, and, and do some fun in-person activation. So you're going to see a, some of that next year for sure. Um, that's so exciting. Yeah. Just kind of brief goals. Yeah. Some, a lot, a lot of other things, but briefly that's, that's it. I love it. Well, I'm, I'm, like I said, just so excited about what you guys are doing and it has been awesome to see the growth. And when I see these like new verticals and stuff pop up, it's just cool to see the brand expanding and seeing you working with these contributors and giving people like opportunities and helping them find their way in the dance music scene. It's just really, really awesome to see. And I admire you guys a lot. So I'm so glad that I finally got to have you on here to learn. Now I know your story. I've always wondered. So now I know. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, now I, and thank you for having me. Honestly, I feel like this is way long overdue and, you know, we're obviously huge fans of you. And I mean, I could say the same about you and what you've done for dance music culture. It's just like, it's, we're, we're just huge fans and it's nice to nice to see people like yourself like still doing this and still excited about it because like I said the, the longevity thing is is I think a problem for some people not necessarily a problem but like staying mm-hmm. in this community for so long can be and the way that you stay in it too it, it can be very draining mentally physically um mm-hmm. and you know we we give our props and our kudos and our our flowers to just people like yourself mm-hmm. that really kind of have stuck it stuck it out and are still here because they love the music and uh yeah so we're just as much fans of you as you are of media maniac and that comes from the entire team thank you yeah thank you thank you i appreciate it and okay so before i let you go uh plug where everybody can find you if they're not already following where can they follow got edmaniac.com you can find our publication there we publish like maybe 10 news articles a day we've got editorials we've got interviews uh you've got instagram edm maniac on there we've got travel maniac on instagram food maniac on instagram uh maniac black on instagram uh, we've got edm maniac on tiktok uh edm maniac <clears throat> at edm maniac on x or whatever we're calling it these days mm-hmm. twitter um <laughs> And yeah, but like, if you ever want to get in touch with us, you can use our DM or email button on Instagram, or you can use the contact form on our website, which is edmaniac.com. And yeah, thanks for having us. It's been, it's been a wonderful time. I'm glad we're doing this. I'm I'm so, so excited just to have this conversation. Obviously I watch every episode of your podcast and like, I mean, I'm, I'm a huge fan of the podcast and I, I love (laughs) what you've done with it as well. And I know how much time it takes, like make these things. So um, much, much appreciation to you for, for putting them out and having us, thank having you, people thank like you. Yeah, guys, of course, go follow, go support. Don't message Devin on LinkedIn. Cause he's not on there anymore. <laughs> go to all the other platforms and show love and support. You can connect with us as well at Rave Culture Cast on all of the platforms, uh, new episodes every Wednesday. We're so excited to have you here, Devin. Thank you so much for your time. Yeah, it's a pleasure. Thank you. Let's go. 2024.